Welcome to the Weekly Impact Podcast. My name is Daniel Yelverton, and I am your host today. I'm joined uh, by the venerable, the great bearded Michael Miller. Michael, hey guys. thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, and we are in First Chronicles 6. Uh, I, every time I see this, I think of the uh, Chronicles. It, it, I always start singing the uh, Chronicles of Narnia song by what's it? Uh, uh, what's the name of know. them? Oh, it's the Andy Sandberg when he's like, it's the chronic what calls Narnia. So anyways, that's probably <laughs> inappropriate, but I can't force myself to not think of that song. Uh, but uh, so we are in First uh, Chronicles 6 today. It is, um, we've already told our online listeners, or I guess our live listeners, yeah. but we are not going to actually read the chapter because it's 81 verses full of names that we will butcher. We will lose you. You will cease to pay attention and it will kind of all glaze over. And so we don't want that. We would rather it be more of a conversation and us talking about uh, why Chronicles is important, the significance in the history of Judaism, but also in the significance as it points towards Jesus and the ultimate plan that God has for humanity and the ultimate plan that God has for his, the Jewish nation, his nation, to be uh, for the Messiah to come through to rescue all of humanity. So it is actually an important book of the Bible, even though it feels redundant. So Michael, why does, why does it feel redundant? Why is it redundant that we feel like we're going through? Well, because we've already heard not all, but most of these stories, especially those like here at Elevation, as we've been doing the chapter a day and folks have been listening to Daniel, which by the way, Daniel, you've been doing an excellent job with like your online presence during the, the COVID season. If you guys haven't listened, Daniel Daniel rocks. You should check him out. But anyway, but no, I but I mean, we, we've been studying. To say that. <laughs> I'm a rich man. Yeah. No, but but we but no, we we've been we've been learning all these all these stories um, for months now, and um, chronicles as as we'll continue to talk about later is really like a summary of all of it, and that's why we have all these names and stuff. So. Um, yeah, but but that it's important because it's it's a summary, and yeah, we have already heard it, but we're going to hear, uh, we're going to see the same story shaped for a different reason. Yeah, and there's going to be some new uh, content, so it's not all rehashed content. We're going to see some new things, um, and that's because the author, who they believe is Ezra, so Ezra is going to be coming up uh, after the book of uh, Second Chronicles, and. Um, and the second Chronicles ends almost identically to the way that Ezra starts. So it's almost like Ezra potentially is the author, and he was writing all about all this stuff in Jewish history to now the kind of present time where the temple is being rebuilt. But we don't know exactly who wrote this, uh, but their, per, the perspective of this follows two key um uh, I guess, aspects of Judaism. One is the messianic promise through the yes. line of David. So that is a huge part of um, that we see. I think it's in, um, gosh, is it in 2 Samuel 7, where David sure. receives kind of that messianic promise uh, from God when he wants to build the temple. And, he, and, and God says, instead of you building me a house, I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to build you a dynasty. And uh, all of the world is going to be kind of blessed through this, uh, similar to the covenant that God made with Abraham. And so something important to note about, about this, so, so we don't get lost with it, Daniel, is um, kind of like how the Bible Project you know, video points out this, just like 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 
the first and second chronicles are one scroll or one not one scroll one book and it's because of the scrolls that they're separated so this was written as like one piece of work mm-hmm. uh, and and the reason why that's that's important is that the story continues in second chronicles so like what daniel's talking about is how this thing is all about leading up to messiah so we can see that that's really the the whole point of this that's the central theme and i'll talk about theme in a bit but like that's the whole point that's the theme that we have to look at in first and second chronicles so don't mm-hmm. like finish chronicles and be like what was that all about because it, the story continues and another thing to note too is that as far as the jewish scriptures go uh the whole book of chronicles so that would be first and second chronicles is their last book of their bible yes. so this is like the culmination and what's crazy is that it ends with an incomplete sentence and which is kind of just nuts it's nuts to think that think it's that the perfect, book of the bible though. ends with it but it points to the fact that the messianic promise has not been completed that god has not established his rule and reign here on earth that all these things that are kind of coming up even the priestly line has not been fully established through we eventually see through jesus especially as the mm-hmm. author of hebrews talks about jesus he talks about him being our high priest um but it ends with an incomplete sentence meaning that it's not complete it's not done and that's honestly a great way to look at the old testament the old testament in itself is incomplete because it's pointing to the completion of the, the fulfillment yes. of it which jesus even said i have come to fulfill the law so jesus came to fulfill fulfill all of the Torah, uh, the Jewish scriptures. And so that's why as we're reading through this, sometimes it might feel like either redundant, but it's still part of telling the story that will be completed and made complete and made whole and make sense finally, you yep. know, through Jesus. I agree. So are you ready to talk, start talking about your, uh, your favorite names in this, in this chapter six, this crazy. Man, okay. So my, my favorite name, I think, has to be, uh, it's in verse five and six. Well, verse five, it's Buki, which I think, I mean, come on, Buki. <laughs> like, who, who said, who has like a son? They're like, you know what? I'm going to name you Buki. Uh, and, but the great thing is that Buki had a son and his name was Uzi. So he was the first automatic uh, um, gun, you know, handgun that you can have. So that's that was perfect. where, that's where the, the oh, original no. Uzi was um was established was it's it's right here first chronicle six so that's it um those are my those are my two favorite uh michael what's yours there's so many good ones there's like uh phineas because there's like a phineas and ferb there's that that disney thing he's in here uh, yeah probably causing uh, lots of trouble he is, he is he was a crazy dude because he was the one that was that speared the people back in uh, uh back in the when the wandering was going on um, let's see. My, my favorite one is really just a, a jab at Daniel because we know that, that Daniel sometimes when he's talking, he, he just has the jazz hands, you know? So the very last verse of chapter six is verse 81. We see jazzer. And that's, I think we should really, really start calling Daniel jazzer. I think that would be appropriate of work. Pastor jazzer, you know, that works for me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if we lost our video here. I lost it on my phone. No, I, I, I still see us. I still see us. So you still see us. All right. I'm going to jump off Wi-Fi just in case. Um, All right. 
but yes, jazzer, jazzer hands. That's great. All right. So, um, oh, here, I got that now. I'm back. Um, I'm back. There we go. All right, we're good now. Uh, so, so anyways, yeah, I think that, uh, so that's why I think that Chronicles is really important. And also as it take as it goes to the line of David, it's interesting that it doesn't highlight any of David's flaws. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of times we'll like look at stuff and we'll see like David's, you know, faults or flaws, but it doesn't, it doesn't highlight any of those. And so I think to me, that is really interesting that we don't well, get any of it at all. I think so, this, this reminds me of Dan, uh, Daniel of how like, or Jazzer. <laughs> of how right no but it reminds me of like you know, teach that daniel's name was belshazzar uh so shazzer it's kind of oh, has like the close end. close yeah his babylonian name so there we go you babylonian um but this reminds me of my of my other job teaching chinese kids something that i teach them like my middle level students i teach them one of these five things in every class because these five things like really matter to understand what in the world it is that we're, we're reading. And I think this really applies here for first and second Chronicles. <clears throat> we, we identify the genre and then we identify the characters, the setting, the plot and the theme genre, mm -hmm. characters, setting, plot and theme. And I, I think that what, what we are kind of digging into is the genre. Because like, mm -hmm. what is this? What are we reading? Or really not what. I would say more, how did the author uh, achieve his goal? So like, the, that, that's what genre is. It's how the author decided to write. Sometimes authors decide the way that they, they're going to achieve their goal in writing is they're going to write a poem or they're going to write wisdom literature. Or we see here in the Bible, we see like the gospel. We see letters. We see all these prophecies. We see narratives. We see all these different genres. And to be honest, I think first and second chronicles, it's difficult to understand the genre. I'm not sure if we have a great example of this kind of genre in like American English literature. Cause like this isn't like Daniel, this isn't just straight history. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> like you said, they omitted some things on purpose for a reason to achieve their goal, which is which is the theme, by the way, their goal. Is to, is to show that there's a Messiah that's needed. There's a Messiah that's coming as they build this temple. So, mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, what do you think? How would you describe the genre? Like, like, how is Ezra or whoever this is, how are they achieving that goal of, of talking about the Messiah? Like, what, what are we well, reading? I think, I think one of the things that's really key here is, or I even admire is the meticulous detail to um, what goes into their history that they have tracked their lineage all the way back. Um, I mean, I guess, does it start all the way in Adam? I think it does. I think it, it starts, does. Yeah. So it starts in Adam and then it goes all the way uh, through the, to the present day, to the present lineage. Um, yeah. It starts with Adam's descendants. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's, that, that to me is, is incredible to think that one, I mean, like, it's like interest ancestry.com, like on steroids and, sure. and then you, so you get all of this stuff, but what I love is that God is meticulously weaving this story. Like he made genealogy and history so important for the Jewish people. And it was great for us. We are the beneficiaries of that because even though we might it's we might stumble to the names these people lived existed and god worked through their lives and through their families to ultimately accomplish uh, a great work by jesus coming here on earth 
and, you know, and sac- and laying his life down and raising from the dead. And now we get to continue kind of that family of God um, as we've been adopted and grafted in to this lineage through Jesus. And so I think for me, looking at this is, this is giving me like the, the prequel to, to what's like to the main story, right? This is the thing. And it's, and it's so meticulous. And it says to me that God has them, has a plan that yeah. when it says that, that Jesus was the lamb slain before the beginning of time, that is because God had a plan and God knew all of this. And he knew the lineage that was going to go to, uh, that ultimately was going to be, uh, through Jesus. And he was working constantly in that. And, I think that gives me so much hope, right? That gives me presently, and as I'm just kind of jumping to cap application, it gives me presently hope because I know that I serve and I love and I'm a part of the family of a God who is in total control that has never fallen off of his throne. And despite whatever the situation may look like, he's going to carry it on. Like um, I just finished Second Kings 25 uh, in my uh, chapter reading yesterday. And at the end, it seems like all hope is lost, but it's like kindness is shown to the descendant of David who is in exile in Babylon. And it's like, it's saying there is hope. There's hope that's coming out of this because God is going to uh, continue his promise and continue his good work that he gave so many, like thousands of years before all of this actually took place. Um, And so I think that for me, even though it's kind of, you can get kind of stuck in the, names and the minutiae and even some of like the rereading it feels like of the stories we've already read from samuel but and, that, and that's that's the that's part of the purpose like and that's why i talked about genre like and theme we know that ezra is doing exactly that he's pointing to the messiah he's pointing to this rebuilding of the temple right he's point he's pointing to that and the mm-hmm. way that he's doing that he's in his is he's reminding readers and and just like we just finished reading this this was written later. So the people, yeah. the, the original audience, they knew these stories. In some cases, like they memorized these stories. Like mm-hmm. they memorized the Torah. Like the, the memorization was a history and memorization was a big part of their culture. So the, the, the stuff here is just to jog their memory. And it's really to jog our memory. So as we read through some of these names, we're not going to remember all the names, but like, as you read through them, if you, you have that name pop, like, like what you were doing. I was naming some of these names. You're like, oh, yeah, this dude did this thing, you know? So as we read it, we, we're reminded of all, all the, the the successes and all the failures in this Israelite history. And, like, so, like, as you're reading the names, you're thinking of the stories. And it's like a really quick firing of your brain if you let your brain do that to kind of remind you of this robust story that that the israelites have and so what's cool is we see how like you're kind of saying that god doesn't fail because mm-hmm. they have a roller coaster history and it's and it's it's like on repeat it's like the same song on repeat like what happens is is they follow god well first like that you fail mm-hmm. and then and then you turn your eyes to, to god and then and then and then it's like things get better and better and better and then they screw up again and then and they and they forget God, they fail, they worship other gods, and they crash and bad things happen. And over and over and over again. And it didn't matter, like if you think about the whole story, if it was just one dude and his wife, they fail. And if and if you have no rule, if you just have 
just people saying, hey, do the right thing, you end up having the story of Noah and people fail. It, later, if you have um, just these, these um, judges, they, they fail. You have kings, they fail. And yes, there are, there are highs and there are lows, but the theme is that the closer we get to God, the better things work, and the farther away we get from God, the worse things are. But at the same time, Adam's not good enough. Noah's not good enough. The judges aren't good enough. The kings aren't good enough. We need the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole point of this of these books is to kind of paint that picture so they can see and, and that they can look forward to. And as Daniel keeps on using that word, they have hope. That, that things are going to always get better because they are searching for the Messiah. And I kind of feel bad for um, modern day Jews because, and I, and I guess for us Christians too, because as we, since Jesus left, we've been looking, we've been talking about this this week, especially in light of all the craziness going on on our planet right now about yeah. like the second coming, like is Jesus coming back? And they have felt this urgent about Jesus coming back since Jesus left, they were expecting it in their lifetime. And honestly, it's a difficult thing to wrestle with, but Jesus basically said it'll happen in this generation. So they were expecting all those things to happen right then and there. And and so Christians for Mm -hmm. 2000 years have been expecting that. Now imagine being from the Jewish perspective and you haven't accepted Christ. They've been waiting for a Messiah, which we believe came for thousands Mm -hmm. and thousands and thousands of years, you know? Yeah. And that's and that's what this thing is about, giving them hope. And I and I feel bad because the hope came, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and they and, and I feel like they missed it. And, it. and it's a sad story, you know. And I, but I think that's a really applicable to the, the world, the world. There's there's an uh, there's an opportunity for hope right now. There's an opportunity to I love that Jesus even says this when you uh, hear his words and you follow it. It's like building your house on a rock. The storms come, the wind comes and the house remains, right? And what a joy we have to know that when we build our lives around Jesus, there's so much stability in that hope. There's so much confidence in what we have received from him that when the storms come, and obviously we're in a storm right now and it might get worse, it might get better. um, It might stay the same, but it doesn't matter because when we are anchored and built on all of the, this is pointing to, we can see that this is not just some kind, Jesus wasn't just some regular random dude that just showed up on the pages of history, was really nice to people, did some great things and then left. Like it's everything, like he holds everything together. I mean, I love how Colossians 1 will talk about the supremacy of Christ and how everything was made by him and for him and he holds everything together. Mm-hmm. And so when you're reading this, you're like, he is literally the linchpin. He is the cornerstone. He's holding it all together. And I, and I love that uh, First and Second Chronicles follows two paths. The first is like the uh, the kingly path, the, the messianic kingly path of David. Um, and it's kind of promising that there is going to be a king that's like David coming. And, and Christ was that king. And but ultimately, he will be the full embodiment of that king when he comes uh, in his second return. But, uh, but then they also follow the priestly line. And this mm-hmm. was such a pivotal part of Jewish culture and history, because the priests were essential in connecting people to God. They were the mediators between God and man. And they were also the ones that were able to 
to uh, people were able to receive forgiveness of sins through the sacrifices that were initiated and put in place by the priests. And so this priestly line and this kingly line is all kind of merging. We see it merging into one person, you know, that Jesus is not only our king, but he's also our mediator. He's also the one that's going to uh, uh, be, he's, he is the one right now that's currently at the right hand of the father interceding on our behalf. He's our high priest. He's the connector for us between God and us. And also he's the one that has made peace. He is the, he was the sacrifice that made peace between us and God. And so just like, I think even reading Hebrews can be a challenge because it's just, it's very Jewish in the way it's written. And I say that in the kindest way possible. I don't mean that it'd be derogatory. It's just the style of writing can be a challenge. The similar things with the old Testament is that the style can be uh, a challenge. And that's that's why I talk about genre prayer is we have to think about what is being written. And, and, and the audience that was written to, mm-hmm. I think, and I've said this a million times in the podcast, but I think one of the things that we do sometimes, Daniel, when we, when we read is sometimes we, we read it as if it's some kind of Western thing that was written today to us. Like that, like we read it, like we read other things and we forget this is a, there's a lot of totally different styles of writing, like Jewish poetry doesn't rhyme like our poetry rhymes. It rhymes more thematically than it does like this word sounds like that word, you know? So, I mean, like it's, it's difficult and it takes, it takes a lifetime to figure out some of these things. So that's why we read the Bible for a lifetime, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it's important to notice what it is we're reading and that we're reading ancient Jewish texts um, and, and try to look at it from their perspective, not just our perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I messed that, up your flow, Daniel. Sorry. About no, that, you're you know? totally fine. You're good, man. There's no flow to be, there's no flow to mess up, but, and so I guess our encouragement to you today, even though I know we didn't read the chapter um, and I think we debated about it, but it was, it felt like the right call considering what we were going to be reading. But I hope that as you read this, you, we start to kind of, even, even though it seems challenging, like work through it and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in it. And also just a heads up, like Chronicle, first Chronicles one, chapter one through chapter nine goes through about over 3000 years of history. So 3000 years of history is kind of all muddled up into nine chapters. So it is just a lot. So I want to encourage you all to work through it, but also allow the the kind of story of David to refresh us as we see David was a mirror of kind of a shaded, faded mirror to who Christ was supposed to be. And he was giving us a, a foreshadowing of the more perfect version of David, the more yeah. perfect version of a king that was going to lead his people and it was going to lead them to not only health yeah. and prosperity. And that's, the, but- and that's the reason why the Ezra or whoever leaves mm-hmm. stuff out yeah. because and again, that's why we have to look at this through a Jewish lens. This mm-hmm. is not a like an American history book, you know, where we're like, that's not right. They, they, they missed things. They should have included this. No, th- this author is spinning this. And he's spinning this on purpose to show you the Messiah. So like, no, he's not going to include Bathsheba and in, in Uriah in this story, you know, yeah. because he's trying to show the ways that the Messiah is like in the line of David. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a purpose. So, again, 
we have to look at the purpose of this book and it's not a history text it contains history but it's not a textbook right yeah and i think that it's not they're not trying to omit stuff they're not trying to hide yes. things because um, they already know the can, story you've already yeah, read all this we already know you can read first and second samuel and see all the things that david messed up you could read first and second kings and read all the ways that the kings messed up and so there's not like they're really really hiding it but it, they're highlighting specific things for a purpose to point to honestly the incomplete sentence at the very end which says basically all these things that we want to receive are hoping in is has not come yet so and this is this is one of the ways that we can see that that God really did inspire this stuff, because when we see Jesus on the scene and we see how Jesus teaches, he always speaks in metaphor or parable. Right. He tells stories. Now, whether they're real stories or fiction stories with Jesus it doesn't matter. Most of my, I assume, are fictional stories. But the point is, like, he crafts these stories. Now, in these stories, is he going to tell you every detail? Like, when he talks about the the, um, the prodigal son, is he going to tell you every detail about the father? Is he, like, I'm sure in this story, if, if imagine if it were real, the prodigal son, the father's not perfect. The, the father probably has lots of flaws, but Jesus isn't going to include that in his story because there's a point to his story. Now, imagine if you were trying to, to write the way the way Jesus spoke. If you're trying to make a point, like the prodigal son, we had this whole point that that just like the, the, the lost sheep, that that God will always, is always patient enough to wait for you, right? Mm -hmm. and, the, and that no matter what you've done, you'll come, you know, that he will, that he will embrace you, right? So, like, that's the point. So he's taking the story to teach the point. That's exactly what these authors in the Old Testament team seem to do. They're taking the facts of history and they're, and, they're, and they're taking the bits and pieces that they need to tell the story to teach a lesson. And that's, again, where I can see, see God himself in the pages is that I think he inspires a little bit of that kind of craftsmanship in the in the stories that we see because jesus used that method and we also see that method in the old testament so i guess my my application and my challenge daniel is is for people to to open up their minds to how they read the old testament to see how these jewish writers how they were trying to tell the story how they crafted things and not look at it as just a text look at it and see what god is doing in the text why did they choose these details why, why did they omit other details? I think that's like super duper important to, to, yeah. to look at when you're in, when you're interpreting these scriptures. Uh, and in here, so, and in here, when you have, you know, nine chapters or whatever of, of uh, names, just think back of all those stories that you've been written and why did the, were these names included? You know, mm -hmm. think, think of all these stories. And so you can imagine, again, that roller coaster that we've been on as we've read these things. And, and all these names should just jog your memory and remind you, man, they, they have been through a lot in their history. Just by yeah. seeing some of these names, it could kind of make you remember, you know, what they've been through. I love that. I love the application there because I think that you, you can't just take things in isolation when you're reading the scriptures because they all are a big story. You know, it all is, it's a great narrative about what God is doing and how he's rescuing humanity. Um, I think my application for the, for you all to encourage you guys as you're reading first Chronicles um, is to one, allow the Holy spirit to speak uh, to, to you through this, that, that these words don't necessarily need to just be ring hollow. Uh, but two, 
uh, I think that like take the stories that you're reading and even though you might have heard them before, um, allow like what they're experiencing. Uh, this is the way I always like to read the Old Testament to take their experiences, maybe in the physical and bring that into my life spiritually and think, okay, if they're fighting or if this is where they're trying to worship the Lord, you know, what's, where am I doing that? Where am I doing that in my life? When they're meticulously building the temple uh, and putting all the preparation into building the temple, what preparation am I doing um, to, to foster and build the temple that the Holy Spirit literally resides in right now? Um, you know, just different things like that. And also just where do I see Jesus in this? So, so where do I see Jesus in this? Um, what does this look like to begin to apply some of what people are experiencing to my own life and how can I look more and more like Jesus by reading through this so those are usually my steps whenever I'm reading the Old Testament so I don't know I hope that's helpful for you all as you guys are kind of checking this out and, and reading through some some tough stuff in uh in first chronicles it's a perfect transition for me Daniel because as you mentioned, like, you know, letting the Holy Spirit guide, guide you in, in, in the study and, and just kind of like giving in and kind of you know, letting the Spirit guide you. For those of you that are watching this um, on Tuesday, not, not our Facebook Live crowd, VBS, um, VBS is, um, you know, is right now, right? So, uh, Dan, see, on Tuesday night... Tuesday night, um, I will be, be talking about like the gospel presentation. So for those of you listening, you know, mm. on Tuesday tonight, um, I'll, I'll be sharing the, the, the basically the, the gospel presentation to your kids. So right now, be, be, be praying for these kids because um, they're going to hear about mm. Jesus and, and they're going to hear about salvation. Tomorrow, Daniel will be talking about the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost. Um, and, and so that's, that's where I say it's a good transition because, um, this VBS that we're doing is going to be cool because we, we are moving through very quickly to like the authority of, of the Bible to the story of Jesus and like the story of salvation, the gospel presentation. But then like a lot of times VBS kind of like ends on that. And we, and, and this VBS, we're going further. We're going to talk about the Holy spirit and what the Holy spirit is. And like the day of Pentecost and like that really awesome thing that happens. And then finally on Thursday, Tiffany, which I think this is perfect. She, this is like a, a it's going to be like a video game thing. And, and we're using like Mario brothers characters and she would be dressed up as princess peach talking about the fruits of the spirit. So guys, I don't care if you're a kid or an adult. You probably want to see some of these things. So come on out to, to Vacation Bible School. It starts at 630. It ends at 830. Get on the Church Center app. Get your kids registered. Buy a T-shirt. Um, even if even if it already, you know, you've already missed a day or two, that's fine. Come on out. Check it out and join us. Um, I think we're going to have some fun. That, that's my pitch, Daniel. That's my. That's no, my that's perfect. Well. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and just close us out in prayer? I think this is a good, uh, good transition and point to stop. And I love that there's an opportunity for us to uh, not only apply what we're reading here, but or you know talking about reading, but also an opportunity to really pray for these kids. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we thank you for this podcast. I thank you that Daniel and I get to sit on opposite ends of the building and, and talk about you. Um, but, but Lord, I, it's, it's, it's amazing that we get to hear this, the, the story that we get to see the ups and the downs, the ebbs and the flows and see that 
the closer we get to you, the better things work. And the farther that we get away from you, the worse things are. But overall, that you're there and, and you sent the Messiah. You, Jesus, I mean, you, you came to save the world. And we thank you that we had that hope to look forward to and that you fulfilled that hope you fulfill that prophecy. And Lord, as, as in VBS, as we preach that, as we preach that Jesus is that hope and that you came and you died for us, for the forgiveness of sin, Lord, help our kids through your spirit to catch it, to get it, to understand it, to own it, Lord, and to, and to just to, to bow down and to give their little hearts to you. Lord, I, I'm not asking for... Um, just some kind of show or some kind of emotional response. I don't want to like, you know, fake kids out to, to just come up and say a prayer. Lord, what we really desire is that they genuinely understand who you are, what you did and, and what you're going to do and how that affects their little lives. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Lord, as Daniel's preparing to, to talk about your, the Holy spirit, Lord, I ask that you would literally power these kids up with your spirit School's going to start soon, whether it's online or live. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have more interactions with kids their age. And Lord, after VBS, I ask that you would just power them up in your spirit to go change the world. And, and, and Lord, that's that's our prayer, that, that you would work in their little lives and, and use us adults to, to, you know, to be your teachers, um, to teach them and to guide them. So, Lord, we do love you. We thank you for your for the Bible. Uh, we thank you for the kids. We thank you for this podcast. We just have so much to give thanks for. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you, brother. So, are you going to try to 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 do the Brent? Oh uh, man, I got the thing? outro. Or I mean, I can yeah. I can try it, but guys, I mean, there, there's no replacing Brent's outro. I think what we need to do is record Brent doing an outro mm -hmm. because he's just so good. I need to get like a cardboard cutout of him right here and be like a ventriloquist. That would I have, be awesome. I have puppets. I mean, you guys have seen some of the goofy rap videos. I have puppets. Yeah, that would I'm be good. I think, okay. All right, Michael, I give, I charge you and I give you the privilege and honor to close oh. us out in Brent style. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for the uh, Weekly Impact podcast. And we pray that you all can be the light, that you can share that light of Jesus with not just the community, but Lord, to help you to share it through the entire world. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Was, was, that, was that good enough? That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Love you so guys. Good to see you all. Look forward to seeing you all next week.